Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049. The horn shall I say it again. Goose Rules! That's right, baby. We got a World Series champion. We'll get into it. We'll break it down next second. But, of course, we got to talk the Longhorns getting the dub on the road against a top 15 team. Had a double-digit lead. Had a halftime lead and a fourth-quarter lead. And it almost seemed like it was slipping away. But they made a clutch play to hold on. This team making strides. That's why game day is coming to town. This week, we'll break it down. Purple kryptonite, back-to-back weeks. We got to hit it from every angle. We'll go behind the burnt orange curtain and do that. We also got to talk NFL. Frank Reich officially giving his walking papers. He is done. You're done, son. So Sam Ellinger has no OC. He's got no head coach. It's almost like he was back at Texas. He's on his own once again. We know he can do it. So we're rooting for Sam. We'll talk about also the Cowboys news, notes, and nuggets. You got Zeke coming back. Also, Cowboys still maybe thinking about making an addition to the rod receiver room. We'll hear from my man Harge and get his thoughts about that as well. Uh, before we do that, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second-round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first-round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 because he had to chase his dream and the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, it's a breeze. He is Mike Hardball Harge. What's going on, my man? It's Smooth Soul Monday, baby, uh, uh, and so I'm uh, coming uh, in here with uh, some Smooth yeah. Soul. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that we could come around. The Cowboys even won. You know how they won? They didn't <laughs> play. So we just had a good weekend all around. But let me tell you about my friend who is part Partying like there is no tomorrow because he hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud car-carrying member of DBU. Legendary Longhorn Derek Johnson said it again today when I was with him earlier that he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate the intro as always. Let me throw it to another Astros fan, Ghost Rose, who's also the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the Aryan family. Got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We do know that he's underpaid. My man, Patrick Davis. How you doing, brother? Feeling I'm good? I'm doing good, doing good. We got yeah. an Astros win, a UT win, and we're about to get another Texas win tonight. Start the Come season on, off 1 0 for Texas basketball. Woo! Oh, yeah. There you go. Let's I know. Go. There is a certain energy that is a. Uh, palpable right now uh, in this studio because you just uh, we still a buzz right still buzzing yep, from yep, the Astros yep, win, yep. which we'll get to we'll talk about that next segment Astros we'll get to that I I, I, I don't want to be selfish and start the show off talking <laughs> about the Astros I figured that's not the way to go the Longhorns had a big win and obviously here that's bigger news so we'll get to that and we'll hear from Steve Sarkeesian as well uh, get everybody's thoughts about Texas winning a big game huge game and I got a question uh, for the panel here but the uh, heartbeat of this thing you on the Specs text line so please do hit us up 512-337-3776 also you can hit us up via Twitter Harge is at Hardball Harge Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis and I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse let's not waste any time gentlemen let's get right to it because I'm excited to talk some sports today man we got so much stuff to get to we won't get to all of it I guarantee I want to get to some more NFL stuff some college football stuff but so much happening uh, right here close to home Uh, so let's start with the Longhorns and their big win over K-State and let me just ask you this Harge start things off Uh, is this the signature win? Is this the first signature win for Sark? Well, I would say yes. And the reason being yeah. because it was a ranked team, it was on the road, mm-hmm. and you pretty much dominated the game from start to finish. Uh, we, were, we were talking on the pregame. What do we expect from well, Texas? You led the game from start to finish. I don't know if you dominated. Well, that's fair. 
I'm talking about you, domi- you, <laughs> you dominated, dominated the scoreboard. You, you dominated the scoreboard. Yeah, in the first half, you dominated. Yes. First it half was, was quick. Domination. It was beautiful. Like it, it, that was domination. But then the third quarter, I don't know if it was, it That's went very back and fair. Forth. That's you know, very fair. Only three points in the second. But, that is but, but very your point, fair. I agree with your point. I, I, I don't ever thought it was in doubt for Texas. That, yeah. I never, I actually never, for the, one of the first times in a long time watching the game, I never doubted Texas would win the game from start right. to finish. So that, that's the feeling you had, and that's the same feeling I had. Yeah, because we were sitting there looking at some of the plays that were being called. We were looking at the way the defense. Was hey, flying around. The Sark, you Sark saw used it. that bye week, man. You saw it. He was yeah. ooh, he was especially crafty. He was ready for it. <laughs> it was play actually, and play I, say, I would love a, I love to see a traditional screen. I got one. Hey, I got, got one. It. I got it, it early. Nice it was yeah. a nice one. It was a nice That's one. right. Big Kelvin Banks out there doing his thing, running mm-hmm. down the field. I mean, this was a beautiful start yeah, to the was, game. Man. And then you saw no doubt. Whenever that team got behind. It was easy for you to pin your ears back and go after the quarterback because they were trying to fight to get back into the game. You look at what um, the defensive line, Keandre Colburn, getting in the backfield, Tavondre Sweat, run gap uh, integrity. They were doing a really good job, especially when you thought about how Deuce was, was moving around in the backfield. But the one thing that I told you on Saturday before we left, I said Texas had not given up 100 yards on the ground yeah, you did bring to up that a little rusher. Yeah. And then again, I went back and looked. Deuce was having his way a little bit. We were like, uh-oh, man. here he go. But this man is doing his thing. But they shut him down. He ended up with only 73 yards. I think that's where we should start, guys. Yeah. I mean, you told me the K-State rushing offense, and they started Adrian Martinez. Yes, they did. So you and I were having this discussion the entire week about who they should start and buy by Friday and, and Saturday in the, in the pregame, I said, based on all my analysis and watching film, I thought it would be Will Howard. And, and it's crazy because I started out thinking Adrian, you got to go yeah. Adrian Martinez. Yeah. And then as I did more, just you know, just more film watching and breaking it down. Well, also based on and this is, remember, this is a question I asked you. I said, okay, well, I don't know if it's a question, more just a you know kind of a hypothetical out there that based on who uh, Chris. Chris Kleiman and um, Colin Klein chose to be the starting quarterback. That would let you know where yep. they thought Texas was yep. weakest on defense and where they, where they could beat them. Correct. And much to my surprise, he, Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman thought that the running game was the way to beat Texas. They, and, they didn't see what we saw from that right, defensive like, line, right? They didn't well, see with that exactly, running game with that D long. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. That's the most consistent part of the Texas Absolutely. defense has been the, the the rush defense number one, but the interior and really, I will say this: the central nervous system of the defense. Because I'll throw Jalen Ford in there too, because he's just been a monster, right? Especially when it comes to rush defense. But that interior D line, man, they hell they go. They went into that game leading the uh, leading college football in pressures, right? But aside from pressures, they've been one of the best, if not the best, rush defense in the big. 12 and one of the best in the country and if you're going to beat Texas that was not the way to go I thought it was probably a bad you know initial decision for them to go with Adrian Martinez over Will Howard because even Adrian Martinez what did he do in the passing game not Made, very much. Uh, well, well actually, no, yeah, no, he actually he did well in the passing game. That's where he did his game. damage. Yeah. I mean, right there, what I say? What, what's about zero to nineteen yards between yep. the numbers? That's the, that's the um, beautiful part. He was sixteen of twenty for two hundred forty-one yards, one touchdown. Got the one pick though. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to Jalen Ford because that play, that play was huge because Texas got a chance to score right before the half too. So I think the formula is simple for Texas when they're at least this year when they're trying to win tough games on the road. And trust me, K State not an easy place to win. I had to no, win there. No, not at all. It ain't it ain't never pretty. Just yeah. Get the dub and get home. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just That's take the, it and let's go. Get the dub and get to the house.
the house. Yep. Uh, so I'm glad they did. That's a that was a growth moment for this team. That huge uh, strides in from in terms of maturity, uh, and you saw the leadership too. Guys like Keandre Coburn, guys yes. like Jalen Ford, yes. stepping up and making a play when it needs to mm-hmm. be made. Not waiting on somebody else to make a play. Yep. No, no, you go make the play. All right. Quit waiting on somebody else to make yep, the play. Yep. Uh, it, 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 you should want that moment. You should relish that moment. And Keandre Coburn did. Uh, Jalen Ford did as well. Um, but Jalen Ford with double-digit tackles he, again. He might be. He could he, be the defensive, defensive player of the year. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. I, I don't want to. When you look at his numbers, the totality of it. Yeah. When you look at what and think about very it, impressive. You saw him start the season off with nothing on the stat sheet. He had his worst game of the season versus yeah, ULM. Right. He had three missed tackles in a game, and that was his worst game of the year. And then after that, got to work and continued to Since grind. Then he's arguably the best defensive player on the team. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and not only on the team. In the conference. He's uh, been yeah. making plays yeah. all over. The, I mean, the entire game, you hear his name more than you hear anybody else's. He's around the football, man. All the time. Yeah. No, he's, he's Recovering been. the fumble, getting a pick. Yeah. Caught, Keandre Coburn causing the fumble. Big-time play in a big-time situation. Showed up and got it. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's hear from Cecil Kitchen in the post-game after this big win versus K-State. Uh, talking about getting a huge road win. Well, for Sark, it's only his second true road <laughs> win. That's big. And, oh, both against Purple Kryptonite. Huh. Strangely enough. Think, of, think uh, about that. <laughs> here's Sark in the post-game. Well, uh, you know, again, we don't. You know, it's not like we just have our head in the sand and, and we're not aware that, that we've got work to do. And first of all, we need to play better than we played in the second half tonight, you know, for whatever reason. You know, and I've got to keep digging. You know, we didn't have any false starts in the first half. We come out in the second half, and every series in the third quarter, I think we had a false start somewhere in there where, hey, it's, now you're playing first and 15. You're, you know, you're playing second and 15 football. That, that's hard to do. So our execution's got to improve. Um, but in the end, um, I thought the drive, when, when they cut it to a one-score game, uh, for us to get the ball back down there and, and get the field goal to put it back to a two-score game, I thought was, was really critical. Um, and it allowed our defense to stay aggressive, um, which I thought, I thought you know, PK called a really you know, aggressive style there at the end, and we kept trying to rush the passer uh, to get the turnover. So I know for a, lot of, for a lot of us, man, it's a great feeling that we're able to do this because we're going to have to continue to do this, go on the road and win and play good football in tough environments against good teams. Um, so that, that part's a real positive, but we can play better than we played, and that's, that's the beauty of it all. All right, uh, and that's Sark talking about. I'm, I'm glad that he brought up the second half woes. Uh, Thank but you. It's a hey, it's a dub, so we got to talk about the growth first I and agree. the positive, which this team found a way to win the game, even though for a while there it looked like oh no, we might be reliving a Groundhog Day situation with Texas. Nope, they found a way to change the narrative, so we got to give him a ton of credit for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'll say this too for Sark. Um, he he rode Bijan. I mean, this is yep. uh, he he and I had to put Bijan on it. He slathered that game plan mm-hmm. in Bijan, and I went back and looked. So they've had two road wins, right? And the I don't know, definitely not coincidence, but the two road wins are also the only two games where Bijan uh, has carried the ball at least thirty times right. since he's been a Longhorn too. So it seems like the 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 blueprint to win on the road. Is you got to feed the beast. You got to give it to Bijan. He's got to become your workhorse on the road, and he can't be just the running game. It's got to be him. He's yeah. the special one. Yeah. Yes, I love Rojo. Yes, I love Keelan Robinson. All those guys, but he is extremely special. I looked at the 
So so the the numbers for the two games that Sark has won on the road for Bijan, I believe he has sixty nine total touches. Yep. Nice. Uh for four hundred and eighty one yards, which each equals about six point nine yards per touch in the two road victories. That is definitely the 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 route to win or the path to victory for Steve Sarkeesian on the road. He's got, and, and with a young quarterback, and we'll get to Quinn, mm-hmm. you take a lot of the burden off of his shoulders when you get Bijan in the groove and you get Bijan going. Yeah, and, and, and we've been talking about this for a while. When you have this type of player, you need to use him to the best of his abilities. And he's shown that he can do a lot of different things on mm-hmm. the football field. Whether he's coming out of the backfield and you're throwing a swing uh, pass, the, the um, wheel route, you try to hit him on a wheel route, he's made that play this year. You've also lined him up at wide receiver, had him running a post. He got the ball, made the play. He's got, he he's arguably has some of the best hands on the team when you start mm-hmm. looking at how he makes those uh, catches. But then you also got to look at what's going on with him in the run game and the blocking. He got better. He's getting better in the pass protection game. Uh, Quinn's throw on one of the big throws down the sideline, he picked up a blitz. And before he was having problems with that. Now he's getting better and being a complete back. You want to win the game with your special players. How about just letting him go and let him keep keep carrying the rock? If he's ready for it, remember, I think it was – a couple of weeks ago when he was like, man, I'm sore. I'm sore. Because he got he had the ball so many times. But there was a victory involved in that. So he's going to go back and do it again and, and can bounce back and do it one more time. That's definitely a way to do it when you're on the road. Yeah. Um, he was a big part of the first half offense, which Texas was dominant. Now, the yes. first three possessions, they averaged 8.5 yards per play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first three possessions. Uh, here's Sark talking about that first half offense, which essentially won them the game. They only got three points in the second half, uh, but they were so dominant on offense in the first half that it was enough of a cushion uh, for them to hold on for the win. Yeah, it felt great. It felt great. Again, I, I give a, a lot of credit to the players uh, for buying into the plan, for their prep of the plan, preparation, their ability to practice. And I really thought in the second half and the third quarter there, we were moving the ball, but we kept going backwards with things, you know, and, and those are the those are the things that we've got to improve upon. You know, the, the false starts, uh, those are pre-snap penalties. That had nothing to do. I, I can understand a hold here and there, um, but the pre-snap penalties we've got to clean up, especially on the road. Yeah, uh, that that set them back. I believe they had, oh, man, uh, it was like three – of the five drives in the second half kind of had one of those um, penalties. They yeah. faced first and 15 um, on and because of a false start on three of their five second-half drives. Yeah. So. It, it, yeah, and that's, that's discipline. That's not mm-hmm. being prepared. And when you get false starts, those are the ones that gives you uh, heartache. It's not like you were holding or anything like that. That means that you were trying to anticipate the snap count instead of waiting for the snap count to get to hold your water, so to speak. But I thought in the very first half, the first quarter, we were sitting there watching this, and they scored on eight plays, 75 yards. <laughs> eight plays, 75 yards. Eight plays, 75 yards. Man. On their first three possessions, they scored. That script was nasty. Right. That script was nasty. Right. Man. And then we had the fumble, which was a bad play that right there, a, yeah. obviously. But you know what? That's some of the Rojo fumble? Yeah. The Rojo fumble, honestly, both of those plays, they were better defensive plays than they were just a lack of concentration. Yeah, you got to know somebody's coming up behind you like that. 
but did you watch the young man oh, yeah. and how he punched it out? Oh, yeah. He timed it out perfectly. Because he, he knew the have, rotation he, of he the He had run. to wait till the ball got to its highest point yep. when with Rojo carrying it before he decided to punch it out. If he'd have tried to punch it out with Rojo having the ball at its right. lowest point in his running motion, he wouldn't have been able to knock it out. He right. timed it out perfectly. He took like three steps timing out like the that punch. one about to hit him in the head you know yeah. what I'm saying like oh I'm it about was. to get you it was a great, that was just a great it was obviously Rojo you can't fumble the football right. but remember like the, the Bijan fumble in the Tech game oh yeah that was more just a great play that was, that's the only time all back. year long we've seen Bijan get tackled one on one right only time I, so I think I think Bijan was surprised he was like nobody does this what <laughs> right. the hell right. he throw the ball like well nobody does this it's just it never sometimes you got to give the defensive guy credit absolutely even like that that X-Man fumble man that dude came in there and Hustling. just molly whopped yeah, the ball. You know, like it wasn't, he, yeah, head on the ball. In a, in a day and age where you can get penalized just for hitting the guy too hard, he put helmet on the football. Every now and then, man, get a defense got some credit. It's hard yeah. to play defense these days. Yeah, but you hey. still can't fumble. You know still what I'm saying? Fumble. That was a great, that was a great play. Fumble. You know how it goes. Every now and then, you be defensive like, hey. guy just makes a hell of a play, man. I'm a defensive guy, and that was a hell of a play. Well, and I also heard <laughs> Sark talk about, you know, I'm not worried. I don't think Bijan, or not Bijan, but I don't think Rojo will be walking around school holding a football. No. You know, it's man, one we, of those things Those guys where, don't have a habit of fumbling. Right, like that's that. not it's who so they are. It's so rare to see them fumble. Exactly. Yeah. Those are the ones you want to have the ball in their hands. No they want, You want that ball to them all the time. But the way that he had that first half scripted and the things that Texas was able to do, that was impressive. But the main thing, and I, I remember Sark saying this the other day, you know, sometimes you got to be able to, to – um, see the elephant in the room and address it. And the addressing is the second half. You still have those woes of where it seems, and that's just me, it seems like the other teams have made adjustments to stopping you, but you haven't made an adjustment to overcome. Now we can also say, well, they were going to score a touchdown and they ended up fumbling. They were going to do this, and there was a play that happened. Yes, I get that. I totally understand that. But a team like Texas cannot continue to – Get to these fast starts and just hold on yeah. for the victory. No, you're right. Yeah, that's just, that's not enough. You know, it's that's, not enough. Uh, and I agree, especially going up against TCU, who is notoriously a second half yeah. team. I mean, they they've been down almost most of the Big Twelve games. I was going to say almost every double game. digits. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's no big thing for them because they got a grit, a lot of fortitude, and they're a four quarter team. And yep. Texas has not proven yet it's a four quarter team now. That's growth on the road to be able to win that game because your defense found a way to make plays. Very similar to when you you beat Iowa State, mm-hmm. where you know you kind of rode Bijan in the running game, Rojo too, and then found a way defensively. Uh, Anthony Cook, yep. Jalen Ford, to make enough plays on defense. Uh, that's what they did in this game. That's what they were unable to do in Oklahoma State game. Correct. Right, couldn't Correct. do that. So we right. that to me, and this is one of the better defenses in the Big Twelve too. And Bijan, he just. He ran, he made him look bad. Yeah, like that, he, it was unbelievable. He that was that was that put him back into at least the Heisman conversation. Absolutely. And if now this week we'll see. If this he is can, a big week for him. Yeah, kind this of vault himself week. into being a front runner. Yeah, this is a huge week for everyone that's involved. Obviously, you talked about game day, but his campaign for who he is and what he's been able to do, and so, and it's so smooth. We were standing next to each other when he made that jump uh, cut in the hole. Ooh. Just out of nowhere, and yeah. then jumped over a guy that was trying to swipe his feet, and kept his balance and outran him. Now we do have to figure out Bijan. 
You got caught twice, man. Somebody ran, ran you down. I think he was man. tired. I, yeah, that is true. Because he did he have just, a bunch of carries. He, he, he yeah, he hadn't had this many carries in a long yeah, time. I think yeah. he was just juiced. Yeah. He really was. I think he was just tired. But you're right. Hey, man. You're you, you still going to talk bad yeah, about yeah, the locker exactly. room. Oh, they waiting like, on hey, you to come in that locker room. room. room be like, <laughs> you got caught from behind? By yeah. This yeah. Yeah, he no. got you, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was got gone. You? Yeah. Oh, that little that toss to, oh, the short, to the to the boundaries yes. out there looked like he was going to the house, and yeah, he just I think he just ran out of juice. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is, this is his second thirty plus carry game of his career. Um, so he he hadn't had this yeah. many touches, and I haven't looked at the amount of snaps that he played, but probably hadn't had this many snaps as well. But Bijan, I mean, you put put some Bijan on it. That's my twenty twenty two motto. It, it sarks too now. You can't go wrong with that man, and and. There's a good chance that he's not here next season, right. so you know don't what hey, don't, yeah, don't yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't 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 <laughs> don't have the Tom Herman situation. And I'm not saying he's going to be like Tom no, Herman, no, no, but no. where you end up regretting not giving the football, not putting to him some Bijan on it, yeah, not yeah. putting enough Bijan on it, yeah. slather that thing in Bijan. It's yeah, all good. I love it. Uh, okay, so the biggest issue Longhorn fans. Uh, want to complain about during the game, and there's a lot obviously that we will get to about how mm-hmm. well this team played. It's the start, the second half woes, and the second yep. half issues. Even Sark talked about mm-hmm. it. Uh, he can we get this cut uh, here, Patrick? Here is Sark from today's presser, yep. uh, the Monday availability. You heard it live right here on 104.9 The Horn uh, at 11 ish. I'm not sure was it on time. Uh, he was a little bit after 11, ish. but he was closer than hey, what we expected. Hey, you get the dub. He was pretty close. He you was pretty close. You come in when yeah. you want hey, to, Sark. Hey, I think the rain helped out too. It started hey. to rain a little bit, so practice. <laughs> yeah. Practice gigs called a little minute early because yeah. rain. Don't be yeah. rushing Sark out of practice, though. Y'all, y'all leave that man alone. Keep that work going. Keep that work going. Yeah, man. get, get that work. Uh, here yeah. is Sark talking about the, uh, the second half issues that Texas has faced in the last few games. Too many self-inflicted wounds, really on both sides of the ball. But you can't, you can't have pre-snap penalties, you know, and then you can't have multiple pre-snap penalties in the same drive. You know, as we were taking, you know, two steps forward, we were taking one step backwards. And inevitably, you put yourself in third long scenarios against a good defense, the, the game gets hard. Um, you know, we had a couple other, you know, one that was a short yardage third down scenario. wasn't the best call by me. They stopped us. Uh, we had another third down that we convert. We fumbled the ball. Uh, so a lot of it was really self-inflicted wounds. Uh, I, I assume some of that blame. I think our players can tell you they would assume some of it. You know, we, we understand we can't jump off sides. Um, so inevitably, it's more about what we did opposed to what they did, and those something that uh, we'll continue to work on to get better at. All right, yeah. I mean, that's the a lot of people want to know what's going on with the second half offense. Uh, my theory, and I I haven't. Um, I ch- I charted the game, but I haven't gone back and actually right. calculated up all the stuff. So I'll actually do that during the break, and I'll probably can give it to you later on in the show. But my theory has always been hard, and you, I've been consistent on this even since last year, studying Sark's offense, psychoanalyzing Sark, the play caller. His offense is, and when you break it down into its most rudimentary form, it's just a bunch of force multipliers, cheat codes, uh, and conceptual signatures that he just throws into uh, a gumbo. All right. Right. And it's it's so much that it overloads the kind of the circuitry, the processing unit really of the defense. And that's why you end up guys being wide open because he throws the pre-snap motion at you, then throws the bunch formation, the condensed sets at you, uh, combined with, you know, it's an RPO-based offense. And he also has these sometimes real funky route concepts and route combinations that are really cool, loves, loves misdirection, uh, his, his – uh, 
formations and personnel packages are becoming more diverse too because now he's using more multi-back sets more so than any other time in his career as a play caller um, he probably should use more empty, but he throws some empty formation there. But you get my point. So it's a it's a cocktail of conceptual signatures, a bunch of stuff that he throws in there at one time. And what I've noticed, just tracking every individual one, whether it be a personnel package or whether it's a formation or whether it's a just a concept, targets to motion, different things, pre-snap motion rate, all that kind of stuff, I see lower rates of those in the second half compared to the first half. And I think that's those conceptual signatures and cheat codes are what make his offense special. And when he stops combining those and he stops putting them in such uh, unorthodox, kind of weird, obtuse <laughs> uh, combinations together, when he stops doing that and the offense, and even to your eyes, it probably looks a lot simpler. It looks a lot more rudimentary. All right. It looks a lot more basic. And that's because he he has less of his conceptual signatures in the offense. Having tracked it for the K-State game, just on my eye test alone and watching the game, I guarantee you most of those cheat codes I talk about and that I track, you'll have fewer of those in the second half compared to the first half. Yeah, that was the case last season, all last season. But that's the question that I have when we're talking about this. Um, why are why are all those so good in the first half, but they can adjust to him in the well, second half? Well, because he's got a script that he's he's co- all week long. He's come up with these really creative concepts, and he knows how to implement them, how to execute them. That's different because then you get to a freestyle, improvised right. set in the second half where you know you just got to adjust to or counter what their adjustments are, and that's where Sark fails to be able to win the chess match within the game. Doesn't mean he's always going to lose, but he's always going to lose that chess match within the game, which means you always have a surge from the other team in the second half because they're making better adjustments than Texas is making. But Texas wins the game plan and preparation battle more oftentimes than not, 100%. which means during the week, Texas' uh, work during the week is better than their opponent, but they're still the two or three quarters of the chess match within the game that you also have to win. Yeah, and that's the, that's the part that fans are looking at that's that's why fans are trying to figure out what is going on I mean you've given us the numbers and you talked about a lot of these things but there still has to be something that can be done to have the same energy so to speak in the second half I know we talked about it before and we've given all these different answers but what can be done to create that type of mindset where I can adjust to what the defense has adjusted to me with you know what I'm saying it's like why is, why is it so hard? Why does it seem like it's so difficult by the naked eye? Uh, I guess that's where it is. Yeah, because, well, like I said, I, I think Sark shines as, and this is why I think he's an elite coordinator and a play designer. Um, as a play caller, he's he's great. He's awesome. But I don't know necessarily. I, I'd call him elite because a lot of play calling is the chess match within the game being able to win the battle of adjustment. So, yeah. and I think at times he struggles with that, but that's all, he's still growing as a play caller and as a coach. But he, he is a he is a really brilliant offensive mind. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're a great play caller though. Facts. <laughs> yeah. Facts. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It's like, like it just so that's he, why I'm asking. But he, he can he can evolve into that. Right. But I think right now my suggestion would simply be why less of these things that make your offense so unique. Right. Why, that's what. Why, that's my point. So why I, instead of less of those conceptual signatures in, in force multipliers, let's try just more of all of them. Let's try higher rates of 
play action pass and pre snap motion and bunch formations and condensed sets and multi back sets and six O line packages. Let's just try more of everything. Right. Of everything. Go higher rates of everything than you did in the first half. Track it and go higher. And I think, honestly, that will solve a lot of the problems because to me, the offense just is more basic in the second half. And I think a lot of it is it's been stripped down by the adjustments of the defense. And I couldn't agree more. Right. But with some of the things, with the main thing that I'm looking at is why are we not running more screens? You had great play call. Oh, great and then screen, we didn't John. get another one. You, you know what I'm saying? Not to, not to Bijan. No. You That's did what not. I'm saying. So, I mean, there's so many things, and you had success. The linemen, no. sometimes the linemen love that kind of stuff. They're like, oh, Maybe. I get to pull and go rip somebody's head off the and well. give me a pancake out here. Call that. Call that for me. I just think, especially when sometimes when we had the nine box. You know, they had nine men in the box, and we were still trying to run it. Why not run that screen? Well, Everybody's yeah. up the field. It's true, but he obviously hasn't given um, a Quinn the ability to, to check yet in yeah, Audible yeah, yeah, on yeah, his yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if he did, I mean, that's obvious. You're looking at it, yeah. you're like, well, like well, you, you can, can, we, we, we can do this, man. I got some <laughs> one-on-one one over there. That's, a, that's anything. I mean, that's, that's just a simple route Throw it up and let him go get right? it. pretty yeah. much. And I just don't think he's given him that ability. Uh, um, you know that yeah. that freedom yet, and I understand that. But you know we can't have it both ways. I'm not. No, gonna, I agree. I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm talking for fans too. I'm not going to complain about Sark um, winning a game by oh, no. being somewhat conservative and running the football. Mm-hmm. And then last week on the road, same circumstance. Everybody saying, "Hey, man, you need to just run the football and put more Bijan on it." Yeah. And I think he did that. Now. Yes, that is somewhat of a cop out for him as a play caller because if you're a brilliant play caller, hey man, there are other ways for you to utilize Bijan too, rather than just handing him off the football in a traditional way as you just brought up as yeah. well. And that goes back to him getting too conservative in his play calling, right? And going to that shell. So right. uh, it's, yeah, it's. I mean, at look, this point, that's one. We got a dub. That's yeah, exactly. We got a dub. <laughs> we got, we got a dub. you know. What I mean? so I'm not gonna complain about it too yep, much, but yep. that's who Sark is right now. But you know, yeah. he still he understands it. He knows what it is. Yeah, he talked about it. He I was glad to hear. It. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear him take the ownership of it as well. And I mean, Sark, like he said, he, I see the elephant in the room, and yeah. so I try to address the elephant, and and that is the elephant in the room. The second half of games where you're not generating as many points. Yeah. But uh, well, okay, I know. It, 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 lo- it makes you long for some more, right? No, it does. It's yeah. like, uh, it, it's, no, I'm with you. I don't really understand it either. But I, basically what I've broken it down is I think Sark should, number one, go to Gary Patterson, ask him to reverse engineer every game plan, give you his yeah. detailed adjustment yeah. that he would make player to player, uh, level to level of the defense, and then you come up with counters in it like in advance of the game, right. and then have those counters ready to go because that's probably what your opponent's going to do because Gary Pass is one of the best defensive minds out there. Or script your first 25 plays to your first 20, and I think what you said, he scored three touchdowns three. in the first 25 yeah. plays in this game. Eight plays, but, 75 yards for all three touchdowns. Yeah, Eight know, plays, right? 75 so, yards. Script those plays. You practice them all week. Everybody knows them. Let Kyle Flood or Brendan Marion call those plays. And then you, while that's happening, make be making your adjustments at that time it. to what yep. they're doing. Dissecting yep. what they're doing. Yep. And almost coming up with a second-half script. Yep. But you need to come up with it in-game. Like during that Beautiful. time. Beautiful. And then you can take over the play calling or you can veto things and say, hey, guys, I'm taking over right now. I don't like that. What, what just happened yep, here? Yep. I don't like that series. You can always do that. But then you'll give yourself basically a quarter almost 
to yeah. almost come up with game plans in game to see what they're doing. You already yep. know what they're doing. I'm with you. So I don't know. I'm just you got to come up with some creative. Yeah, stuff. believe Be creative. That. He yeah. knows it too. Please get creative. Uh, all right, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll get into the Astro Cool Strolls winning the World Series. Uh, get back to the Longhorns with a big win on the road at K State. Uh, right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie, a smooth soul Monday edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, initially, my man Patrick was thinking he'd have to uh, sue the tortured uh, soul of sports fans who were sad and down after their team took an L over the weekend. Well, Longhorns did not take an L. All right, they uh, got the dub over the weekend, and also the Astros. Go Strolls! Not only got the dub, they got the championship they got the ring they got the gold got what matters most and uh the the astros celebrated their second world series uh in the last six years um does it make it dynastic harge hey we we talked about word we we definitely put some dynastic in it dynasty Dynasty. because they was turned (laughs) up in h-town i mean you sit here and look at what they've done over the last few years. It's hard for you not to believe of them as that type of team. It's hard for you not to believe of them as a dynastic type. Not very many people can get to the World Series as many times as they have, and they've won it. They've been the representation of the American League for six of these things. Mm-hmm. That's not normal. Yeah. That's that that. Even when the Atlanta Braves were winning, they weren't getting to the World Series all the time like they were. They That was the representation. And you look at what this bullpen did. Yeah. It was the lowest bullpen ERA in postseason history. That's impressive. .83. That's impressive. So there were so many different yeah. moving parts in this deal. There was opposing batting average, too. Yeah. The they were, yeah. Postseason history. Yeah, no, they were, it, dealing, they they were, were dealing on yeah. them. That's so the you sit there, hero. Yeah, you sit here and you look at what they did. And even during that game where Verlander wasn't very good at the first game, the bullpen wasn't the problem. No. The bullpen kept no. everything on lock. And they continued to do it. They Every time Dusty would go to them, put them in a situation, those guys were battle-tested. And the funny thing is, when you look at the roster and what is happening and why it has happened this way, Lance McCullers, Valdez, Javier, Garcia, Yaquiti, Brown, Neris, Presley, Abreu, and Stanek all are coming back next mm-hmm. year again. Yeah. And then that's all that's all in the pitching staff. But then you look at the position players, Altuve, Pena, Pena. Bregman, Alvarez, McCormick, Tucker, Maldonado, Dubon, and Hensley. All are returning. So you have depth, and that goes back to your part. Is this more of a dynasty type of thing? Yeah, because most of these players that I just named off, they're homegrown too. And they're not done. And they're not they're done. Y- they're young, yeah, they and they got them pieces. on good contracts. Yeah, you got Pena. They got them on good contracts. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, they find, they you find, got a rookie. 
He's 25 years old, and he's the first rookie uh, position player to ever win ALCS MVP and World Series MVP. Yes. It's your boy. I mean, you said we had nothing to worry about. Told you right off the jump. You did, and, man, I had no idea that this guy was going to end up being this good. Now, now, I didn't think he was going to be this like, you know, I that knew he was going to be yeah, talented. That would have been a bold prediction. Yeah, y'all like, oh, he went World Series MVP. Y'all yeah, like, oh, yeah, he's he, on that good. He said he, said he was legit, though. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no. He said he was legit. That's what I'm saying. You, you came out and you had his back. I'm just saying, that's a very bold prediction. Yeah. That's a very bold <laughs> prediction. Say World but the Series way MVP. he came in, and he was a gold glover, uh, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he beat out Correa for the gold glove. First rookie shortstop yes. to win a gold glove. First rookie shortstop to hit a home run. First rookie shortstop to be MVP. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many great things that Jeremy Pena brought I, I think to what, the was table. he the first rookie to have hits in consecutive, like six consecutive World Series games? Yes. yes. Like, yeah, he just set so many records. And he was, and he was, and he was ready for the moment. You could see it. And as I told you before, think about this. We've been talking about all these teams and all these different players. This dude was playing baseball at the college in Maine. That's where Jeremy Pena was playing baseball. He was playing shortstop at Maine. That's wild. I mean, That's wild. And they found him, yeah. got him here. His, I mean, obviously his daddy was a big leaguer, been around at least six years, did his thing, was a catcher. But, man, you just look at it and you say, man, this kid's future is so bright. And for him to go out there and be that player that he's done, and you look at Bregman, he's a leader. He's mm-hmm. a leader. But to back up this for what you said, Rob, in five years they had two world championships, four American League pennants. They've had an MVP, Cy Young Award winners, Gold Glove winners, Silver Sluggers, and All-Stars. And they're like I told you before, they're mostly homegrown. It's unbelievable. And like I said, they're, they're – they're young, yeah, and they have a chance. I mean, talking about it's too early for this, but they have a chance to compete for another one to right? go back oh, to yeah, back for sure. And then we Dusty could, said, "We go for another one, yeah, exactly, <laughs> at a party, <laughs> yeah." And if they do that, then we can right. truly be done with the discussion about whether it's a, a dynastic run. Like, no, right. that would be a dynasty. Yeah, it'd be official. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been really impressive. Mart, uh, I did see that uh, Maldonado played th- with a broken hand. Yeah, found that out. So. Guys, I mean, it, it's so many different stories uh, of guys making individual either sacrifices or great plays uh, for the Astros during this run. Hell, Framber Valdez, we didn't talk about him and his performance uh, there in game six. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was phenomenal. Remember, you asked me before we left, uh, who do you think is going to be the MVP? I said, if I had to give it right now, it would you be Pena. Yeah. But Framber would be the other one. If they were going to give it to him, I mean, a pitcher – he would have been the perfect candidate for it because of what he's done the entire time. Yeah, no, in, in the World Series, you're talking about fifth, he's the 15th pitcher ever uh, and just the second since 2003 to have multiple games with eight-plus strikeouts in the World Series. 21 total innings pitched, I believe, uh, six hits allowed, uh, five walks, 18 strikeouts, yeah. 1.46 ERA. And did you see the story that apparently after game sorry, 12, three? 12, 12 innings, sorry, I almost yeah. said 12, uh, 12. Apparently after the in, uh, game three, Michael Brantley called him, like got in the locker room and spoke to the team about getting their head back up and that you're the better team and you need to go out there and win the game. So Michael Brantley, who's not on the roster, injured, can't play, still a part that everyone was yeah. like, oh, no, that was when we were like, oh, yeah, we are better than them. Right. Like, I don't think beat us tonight, but who cares? We'll go beat them. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah. No, they came up with some clutch plays, and, yeah, didn't even really – it wasn't even their best 
performance. And going up against a good team, too, in the Phillies, obviously. Um, but it wasn't necessarily a well-rounded right. performance by the Astros. They didn't show out. No. They just make, like you said, clutch, clutch. plays in sit- with situational baseball. And, and, and I want to tell out. y'all this. That ball that Jordan hit, I, I've been around a lot of guys. And you, when you go up over the batter's eye in straightaway center field and you knew it right away, that's grown man territory. We know how exciting and, and electric he can he mm-hmm. can hit balls all over the place. But when you hit a ball straight away center field like that, and it had all that trajectory going out there, yeah, that ball they, they he could not have hit it any better. Like everything was because he's been struggling. That's true. He's been struggling at the plate, and he comes up clutch situation. And like that dude said when he announced it. He has turned the World Series upside down. <laughs> and that's because he made that thing backspin all the way to straight, straight away center Didn't field. Didn't it land in uh, like somebody's like nachos Yeah, because that, that's a restaurant area up there. That's grown, <laughs> Like I said, that's grown folks area up there. Oh, man. No, Crushed man. it. Man, yeah. By the way, I don't think you're ever going to see a reliever come in for Jordan, left-handed reliever again. They're like, so what happened last couple times we put a left-handed reliever in for Jordan? <laughs> right. Oh, he won games? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Got to check that and scouting report. they were both three-run shots. Yeah. yeah. They were both three-run shots. Update run that scouting report a little bit. Yeah. Um, someone said, what uh, Robert makes a team a dynasty? Uh, we're not saying they're a dynasty. We're saying they're a dynastic or ish. That's yeah. kind of what uh, we're in the vein of saying. If you want to believe they're a dynasty, go right ahead. If you want to disagree, that's fine too. I don't. Th- I think you get one more, and then you can erase all doubt about whether it's a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's up for discussion. It's definitely a healthy debate, yeah. um, because of what they've done. And you have the first one that was a little tainted, and you have still, you know, this one which removes a little bit of the stain from the first one. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the more success they have, the less people are going to think about that for sure. That tainted for sure. title. I mean, because now it's remember everybody's screaming, "We want Houston!" Oh, That's right. Do you hear him at the parade today? Houston. Hey, this is what they did the parade today, Harge. That's the team right there. Yeah, <laughs> you be careful what you ask for. Yeah. Be careful what you it. ask for. I love it. Hey, the Astros as, as hated as the Yankees right now. Right, and you love baseball. that, don't you? It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Never thought I'd, I'd be able to say it. I, I, I love it. Don't like the reason it, they're hated yeah, like that, but yeah. I, I got to tell you. Put them in there. It. Put them in it, the mix. It feels good. feels good. Love All it. right, uh, we'll come back. We got the flex on the other side. We'll tell you about some of the updates in high school football right here uh, in Central Texas. Right here on, on Ball Don't Lie, 149 The Horn. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Smooth Soul Monday. Oh, man. Oh, James Brown, godfather of soul. Man, one of the godfathers of, of funk, too. Really. Everything. Yeah. He actually is one of the, if you want to technically buy it, I think he's actually in one of the, the, the hip-hop kind of godfathers, too. He's one of the most sampled artists yeah. in history, and it's mostly because hip-hop loved James Brown, uh, early parts of it. All right. Anyway, let's get to uh, our flex right here, FLXATX.com, FLXATX in uh, the Twitterverse. Uh, Just a heads up, we are getting ready to uh, finalize our all-flex 
football team since the season is officially done. We are in the midst of um, voting. We're doing our own individual voting. We got to send it all in. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that'll that be happening know, probably in the next couple of weeks yep. here, I'm assuming. As so, they got the playoffs getting ready to start, so there's a lot that'll be going into it, but yes. It should be coming out here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, so we're really excited about that, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. Uh, but some of the uh, the highlights on uh, the FLXATX.com website there. Go check it out. Uh, now Maxwell uh, Family Dealership Student Athlete of the Week uh, is up there as well. Uh, Will Hammond, by the way. Yep, uh, so yep. Shout out to him. And uh, also somebody who gets some love with the all, uh, all Flex uh, watch list for the quarterback position. But uh, Will and the, uh, the Huddle Hippos battled the uh, Weiss uh, Wolves at home. Yeah. Uh, it was their last game of the season. Um, Huddle did find a way to win the game. They beat them 41-38, to 38, so that was a bit of a nail-biter. Uh, but Hammond completed 63% of his passes, went 26-41 of 41 for 370 yards and four tuts. Four tuts. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. So put in some work there. Uh, so a lot of teams right now looking ahead to the playoffs. Uh, you also can go check out the uh, the – the uh, week 11 results there they have up there too uh, at flxatx.com um, also uh, just a quick uh, heads up Jay, they also have the power rankings up there too yep, yep. Uh, of the 5A and 6A my man Snoop Snoop does a great job 6A, 5A, D1, 5A, D2 those power rankings are up there as well uh, so you can go check those out at flxatx.com but they're going to start the playoff coverage yep playoff starts this week uh, starting Thursday night there's a bunch of games that will be jumping off on Thursday, obviously Friday as well. They should have everything listed there and and brought back up to date, uh, at least tonight for sure. Yeah, on everybody where they're playing the times and everything. Yeah, we'll give you uh, updates tomorrow on all of the obviously the playoff brackets yep. and who's playing who and all the matchups. We'll get we'll get you some of those updates tomorrow. Uh, but if you want to get a kind of a you know a jump start on everything, just go to flxatx.com or flxatx on all of your social media platforms. Those guys do a great job. But I'm really excited they are now. Also, they have the all flex uh, volleyball, volleyball as well. So go right. check that out too. Um, they have that up there. Remember, yes, oh, sorry, last week, not yesterday. Yep. Last week, uh, we announced all of the All Flex uh, volleyball watch listers. So go check that out. That's up there. But I'm really excited that we're narrowing down the All Flex uh, watch list to the All Flex team. Um, it is the inaugural. All yes, flex team. First time right. we've all done it. Um, so we all vote individually on it, and you know they tally the I votes my, and yeah. they put it all in. I there. got my favorites, the guys that I had eyes on that I've seen. Uh, some guys just impressed me. They came out of nowhere too. Correct. Um, so there are some of those stories, but uh, some great players, and it was really tough. I did my voting. I sent it in. Uh, it was tough. Some positions tougher than others. I'm going to say, man, running back was really tough. Oh yeah, because uh, running back is deep. Especially in this area. Wide receiver is deep. Very much so. You go still get some of the uh, the guys who stood out. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hard to ignore some guy like you can't ignore hard to ignore it small. You can't. Like how you go You, you know, can't. How you go ignore what he's yeah. done? I mean, statistically here, I got uh, his stats right here. I was just because I was doing my research about yeah. all these great players. Uh, Ed Small at the wide receiver position for Anderson, 56 reception. This is actually prior, <clears throat> I believe, to, to their yeah. last game yeah. or to the last week. Uh, they were 56 receptions for for 1,125 yards, 20, <laughs> 20 yards per reception, 15 touchdowns. Stretch it. Stretch so I, like, I, don't, I don't care how much you like some other wide receivers on our watch list. Um uh, You know, big names. Some guy got Jaden Gray. That was a big name, of course. Braylon James, great name. Uh, you can't. I mean, how can you leave off Ed Small? You can't. 
That's what I said. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason for it regardless but then of what is great. Guys. Miles Coleman from Vandegrift, beast mode. Yup. He's over 1,000 yards. Julius uh, Baynard from Bastrop, over 1,000 yards. Just think about you like saying you, that people are throwing like, the ball that much. Right? How you like ignore, in high school. <laughs> how you ignore that? It's over 1,000 yards. Yeah, it's tough. And I, don't, I mean, I don't know how many spots we got for wide receivers. I think we got three. Maybe That's why there's three, some numbers two? you put uh, by them. Man. You got you to you rank them. But then you yeah. got guys you put just to pass the eye test. Yeah. Like your Jaden Greathouse and your Brandon James. You go, oh, no, 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 that guy. Yeah. And, no, but. I'm a productivity a, guy, yeah, too, I was man. Say, you got to look at the numbers and you, see exactly you, what's been going like on there. You're producing like that, uh, yep. 20 yards per reception, but over 1,000 yards? Yeah. So you got you probably got boat. like 10 touchdowns as well. You know what I'm He's saying? He's got 15. Got, yeah. So I would say Rod B. Yeah. Hey, sorry. He, I'm, I'm me. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I had to vote for that. He's like, hey, well, he's one of oh, mine. By the, way, by the way, he's a baseball player, too. Exactly. No, yeah. I, mean, I got a chance yeah. to meet the young man. Yeah. That's also That's right. a little plus. Yeah, That's right. got a chance to That's meet right. him. So, right. another plus uh, there. Anyway, all right. So, uh, we're looking forward to that. Obviously, guys are doing a lot of hard work. I did some research on that uh, this past weekend. All right, coming back, let's get to NFL news notes and nuggets, gentlemen. Frank Reich was fired. So, Sam Ellinger, mm. no head coach, no OC. Sam Ellinger got to do it by his damn self. He's done it it's all right. Sounds familiar. <laughs> we'll talk Cowboys, Deuce, Notes, and Nuggets as well. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn.